Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Get paid for your pet episode 76. Welcome back, everybody. And today we have a very special guest who was very successful on Airbnb. He rented out a studio in Montreal, making two to three times of rent. And he managed to get a 96% five star rating with occupancy running between 80 and 90%. So that's definitely extremely successful. Uh, scenario so uh chris welcome to the show hey thanks a lot jasper how are you how are you doing today i'm i'm doing awesome actually i'm i'm actually staying in an airbnb place in uh toronto uh i'm down here with uh my girlfriend for uh for a week okay cool so so you uh do you typically use airbnb when you travel yeah, I, I totally use Airbnb when I travel, and uh, we, we were just talking about this. One of the neat things I like about traveling with Airbnb is you like you almost get to assume other people's identities. You know, you get to live in their houses, and you, you get to like try out new furniture and you know new appliances and so forth. And uh, sometimes you find things you like. So, like a for example, a few weeks ago, we were staying at a um, uh, the house of a German. Uh, German history professor, and <laughs> I just thought it was, it was it was interesting, you know, the way their place was decorated, uh-huh. and and the way that German people uh, set up their houses and so forth. And I think that's something that's really unique about Airbnb that you can't get from a hotel. Absolutely, I totally agree. So that's uh, maybe you can give us a, a quick background of yourself. Yeah, so I I got into Airbnb um, just a bit less than a year ago. And I, um, the, the reason was I, I met this girl that I really liked. We started dating, started being pretty serious. And I was thinking of, she lived in a, in a town about two hours away. So I was traveling all the time to go visit her for long weekends. And it was expensive. And so we, we thought, uh, you know, what can I do to, now that I'm leaving my apartment empty every weekend, what can I do to start, uh, to maybe make some of that money back? And so I started renting my place out on Airbnb for the weekends when I would be out at my girlfriend's place. And then it turned into me and her moving in together. So I, I basically moved in with her in uh, this other city. And, and then so I put my place on Airbnb full time. And it was really, um, I mean, it made it so much easier to do that. I don't know how we would have uh, made that transition over two hours uh, distance if it hadn't been for Airbnb. I managed to make make at the beginning my rent back, and then eventually I was uh, you know making two or three times my rent after I got uh, got so, it down. So that's that's really cool because initially you're thinking, okay, how can I recover some of some of my rent, right? Because you don't want to yeah. pay double rent. And then yeah. I can imagine at some point you're you're covering your whole rent, and you're thinking, "Wow, this is pretty cool." Now I, you know, I, I'm covering completely my rent. 
And then you start making more and you start realizing, okay, now I'm actually making money on this whole thing. Exactly. Uh, making money. And, you know, I read your book and I, and I used all the advice that was, that was in that book. I, I thought about how I was setting up my listing. I made sure to get the photographs proper and, uh, and to sort of pitch it towards a certain demographic. And that really, really helped, I think. And your studio is in Montreal? Yep. Yeah, so I had a, a so the apartment I was renting. I mean, it's a pretty plain apartment. It's nothing, uh, uh, nothing particularly uh, unique or exciting about it. Just from a, a design uh, perspective, uh, it's a regular apartment in a regular building in a good, busy neighborhood of Montreal. Um, and but it's also really competitive. You know, the, the na my neighborhood of Montreal has. I mean, there must have been like sixty people renting their places within a you know a one kilometer radius and a lot of the places were you know nothing too you know they're comparable to mine um and so at first you know it was a little bit of a struggle i had to lower the prices a lot to get people to come to my uh to my apartment uh, but by but then again by the time spring and summer came around by and by the time i got a bunch of those reviews i mean i mean i think I think I started out renting my place for sixty-five, seventy dollars a night. I think it was sixty-nine dollars a night was what I was what I was going down to uh, in the winter. And but then, as I got these reviews and I started to get, uh, you know, a lot of good reviews, I I eventually wound up raising my rates to being one hundred and twenty. So I almost doubled uh, my rates. And I think a lot of it was getting that, getting those reviews, getting the credibility. And and I guess working my way up the search rankings or something. Um, not sure how that worked, but but yeah, that was that was the story. And just a studio. It's a nice big place. Um, and, but in uh, the, the secret being that it was in a it was in a fairly desirable neighborhood of Montreal. It's not downtown, but it's kind of like the cool neighborhood near downtown, um, near the near a bunch of shops and restaurants. So I think that was that was definitely an appealing factor. You mentioned you cater to a specific crowd. I'm just curious, what crowd did you cater to, and how did you use that in the in the title? Yeah, so so uh, what did I? The, my original title was um, a big bright studio with mini gym. So the the because I was following the advice in your book, and it was you know figure out. Take the average price for a as, as a comparable unit in your neighborhood, and then try to figure out what people would pay more for mm -hmm. in, in a particular demographic. Right. So my, the advantage of my place was it was a studio. It was a pretty big studio, and I had a yoga mat, I had some kettlebells, and I had uh, I, I had a, a boxing uh, you know punching bag up mm -hmm. there. Right. So I said I have a mini. I, I pitched it as having a mini gym. So if you're somebody who likes to to travel, but you want to eat healthy and you want to stay fit while doing Airbnb. That's one thing that you know. That's one thing that I travel a lot, and I really like. If I can like get up in the morning and and go to a gym conveniently, uh, I really like that when I'm traveling because you know you tend to get wiped out. You know you tend to get exhausted. Or you live an unhealthy lifestyle when you're traveling. So my apartment was for people who want to continue to live a healthy lifestyle when they're traveling, who are. Um, and I kind of pitched it as people who, you know, people who are often business travelers and, and they're for conferences and stuff like that. You know, they're not there for, for just partying or, or drinking their faces off for a weekend, which is pretty common in Montreal. And, um, and so that was the market I, I, uh, I targeted. I said, with, yeah, 
mini gym, big bright studio with a mini gym for the uh, work hard, play hard set is what I what I said in my opening paragraph. And it seemed like there was a there were a good amount of people who who uh, were interested in that. I got a lot of people who were coming down for conferences, coming down for uh, for work. Didn't despite the fact that my apartment is in a kind of party part of town. I did not get a lot of inquiries from uh, you know twenty-one-year-old university kids who are who are going to hit the clubs for the weekend, and uh, I think that really really helped being able to focus a little bit on that demographic and offer them what they were looking for specifically. Yeah, I think you did a great job there. And the, the other advantage of of choosing a specific demographic is you can sort of choose the demographic that you would like to host as well. Because I imagine you pref much prefer to have business travelers who want to lead a somewhat healthy lifestyle while they're traveling versus having those uh, those 21 year olds who uh, are looking to drink their face off. Yeah, yeah. And especially in Montreal, Montreal is known as party city. Um, so it that that is something that definitely I think somebody somebody renting in Montreal or other similar cities you wanna you wanna be aware of it's just how do I get the how do I get the business travelers who are willing to pay more who treat your places a little bit better and uh, who are easier customers to deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing that I do. Uh, I have two separate red rooms in my apartment, so there's a lot of privacy. Mm -hmm. so there's a staircase in between, like an outside staircase. And so I frame it as the perfect place for, for two couples. And it's the same, the same rationale, you know, like Amsterdam uh, is also known as a, a little <laughs> bit of a party city yeah. in certain parts of the world. And so, you know, I also don't really want to have that group of 18 year old from London, uh, you know, yeah. just like smoking, smoking weed and like getting <laughs> completely smash faced <laughs> yeah, yeah. all the time. So, um, so the the people that I tend to get are, uh, I'd say a little bit older, like forty to sixty range. I get a lot, and then and often it's it's two couples. Cool. And so that works really well because uh, you know they uh, they tend to uh, make less noise and treat the apartment better, etc. So yeah, it's actually kind of two, you know, there's two advantages of doing it this way. First of all, you you stand out, and then the second thing is you can kind of choose the people that you want to host as well. And the third thing is you can you can re request more money because one of the tough things with mm -hmm. Airbnb or any kind of marketplace like this is you know, there's constantly this sort of downward pressure on on rents and if you can manage to make your place stand out without just lowering that lowering that price mm -hmm. uh, that's how you earn your money basically that's how. yeah it's because uh, you, you know it's the same thing for me in Amsterdam there's a lot of houses especially in my neighborhood so. Uh, you know, you definitely need to stand out, and but also I think uh, you know a lot of people worry about the competition sometimes. But yeah. I think if you do everything right, then it, it definitely sounds like you did you know everything or most of the things right. That um, you you can stand out, you know, because not everybody is willing to put in the effort, and not everybody is is sort of like you know, reading my book and putting all the advice. Uh, so you know, if you do it well, you can definitely stand out. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, there are a lot of. It's not too hard to 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 stand out. It's uh, it is a little bit competitive, but there's a lot of people who are just kind of like here's here's a here's an apartment, and they don't do that extra bit of work. And Airbnb doesn't really, uh, probably not too profitable for for those people, or it's just a, a little bit of money on the side. 
but people who take it seriously wind up getting those really good reviews, getting the, the really good reputation and being able to be that, being able to, to rely upon something like 80% occupancy, 90% occupancy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's how I managed to do it. Yeah. So your, uh, your five-star rating is extremely high at 96%. So we definitely want to talk a lot about how you managed to get such good reviews. So let's start with uh, sort of the whole setup. Like, did you did you manage your your apartment remotely? Because you mentioned your girlfriend lived about two hours away. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, at least as far as the key handover thing was concerned, I mean, I was not. Um, as far as the key handover thing was concerned, I mean, I just used a lockbox, and I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see most of the people who uh, who stayed at my apartment. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so the, the, the key handover thing was, um, I mean, it's just, it's just a lockbox on the fence across the street from my apartment. Uh, and I'd give them the code. Um, I wouldn't, you know, in my Airbnb listing for security reasons, I'd say, oh, I'm staying with my girlfriend. She, it's down the street. Um, but, uh, but actually I'd be two hours away and, uh, and I say, oh yeah, I'm going to meet you. Oh, actually I can't meet you. Here's the, here's the code to the thing. And I just do that just in case somebody was thinking of, you know, uh, thinking of robbing me. They might be discouraged by the fact that they thought that I was just down the street. Um, but that was never an issue. I mean, I never had any kind of, uh, security issue whatsoever. So handover was just, was just, uh, through a lockbox. Um, and, uh, you know, the secret to the, the secret, I think was, again, I followed your advice in the book. It was, um, giving people a hotel like experience. So I had a, uh, a cleaner, um, who would come in when I wasn't able to, when I wasn't able to come back and clean it myself. And my cleaner was really fantastic. I mean, she was really, 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 she, we, we, I've just found her off of Kijiji and, uh, What's the and Kijiji? Kijiji, yeah. So Craigslist, uh, oh, okay. it's uh, it's a Craigslist-like website. Um, I just found her off of off of this Craigslist website, and she said, you know, the one thing she said right when uh, she was first helping me out was, "Oh yeah, you know, I just hate dirty things. <laughs> I just hate like I re- the reason why I'm a cleaner is because I really hate it when things are dirty." And I'm like, "Awesome, you are the right person That's to hire huge, for this job." Yeah. And and she was she was she was super duper clean she was she was really exceptional so I, I think I owe a fair bit of uh, my success to to her a little bit um, and and I told her to do things like you know we're gonna have some towels fold the t- fold up some t- two sets of towels put them on the bed uh, make sure you're changing your bed you know changing and washing the bed sheets every single for every single customer um, no hairs in the toilet and 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 things like that um, that made a big difference also. Stripping the apartment of all of my personal stuff, obviously, since I'm renting my place out to, um, and I was renting it out on a regular basis to people who I didn't know, um, I, I wanted to get all of my, you know, all of my personal items out of there um, for security reasons and also for uh, for uh, just the customer's experience. So, got rid of, you know, it didn't have any, the apartment didn't have any clutter that you might get from a... Uh, from a properly lived-in clutter, even though it still had uh, it still had my stuff in the closets and so forth, I, I, I eliminated all of that all of that clutter. And so, giving people a hotel-like experience, um, making sure uh, it's it's very clean. Um, I think that's a 
you know, that's something that it's just a, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, again, doing Airbnb myself and living in other people's apartments that you, you notice the stuff you would never notice in your own apartment. But when you step into somebody else's apartment and all of a sudden you're like really picky about this stuff because it's someone you don't know and it's like, it's like, oh, there's a hair on the toilet. Ooh, who's, who's, <laughs> I don't know this person. <laughs> and you know, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get upset about it when, if it was at your friend's house or anything like that. But because you're renting the place and because it's a stranger, you kind of, uh, you get this much higher, uh, standard. And I think people need to, need to recognize that. And if you do recognize that, then all of a sudden you start getting the, uh, you start getting those really, really good five star reviews. So easy handover with the, uh, with the key lock cleanliness, um, you know, and, and just offering the apartment was exactly as advertised. Uh, the photographs, you know, I didn't even move things after those photographs were taken. Uh, I think that also, uh, makes a big difference and a little bit, little card for people like, Hey, welcome to Montreal, giving them, uh, advice on, I'd give people advice on where to park. Uh, that's a big thing in Montreal and, and in a lot of cities. So I would tell people here are the secret parking spaces near my house. That uh, that if there's nobody already in them, you could probably put your car there for free. Uh, that was also another big plus, um, and giving people a guide of like good restaurants and so forth. So, how did you manage the communication? Did you have certain templates, or did you have a guidebook or something like that that you would send them, or would you just answer individual emails? Yeah. So, I well, I had a template for my um, my. Uh, checking in email. So I would say, you know, hey, thanks for booking with me. So here's here's how to find, here's here's where the keys are. And I just did, even with the key lock, you know, I, I included photographs uh, so that people, I'd say, you know, the key lock is right to the left of the door uh, attached to the fence there. Here's a, fo here's a photograph with it circled so that you can find it because I did have, you know, I did at the beginning have people who couldn't, <laughs> you know, who had difficulty following uh, the instructions given, um, and uh, and then telling people about parking, telling people about alternate parking if the first parking doesn't work, um, telling people that they can communicate with me anytime. Here's my proper phone number if you need to call me, um, and uh, and yeah, that was that was basically it. Um, but just giving people the the feeling, it, it's more like the feeling that they could call you at any time than. Than actually having them call you at any time, I, I I didn't get you know maybe every second or third person would contact me once, and I think I had one person who sort of who sort of would contact me on a like on a regular basis about about little things and was getting kind of annoying. Um, but uh, that was just one you know one uh, visitor that was like that. So yes, there so was no downside to making myself very available to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you touched on a couple of really good points. Obviously, the uh, the cleanliness is something that I think some people uh, underestimate. I mean, it's just the number one complaint in the hospitality industry, whether it's hotels, Airbnb, or wherever you're staying. You know, even if the place is completely spotless, like one little hair can can sort of like destroy the experience, right? Yeah. You find one hair in your bed, like you said, you don't know that person, and it kind of grosses people out. Yeah. So, uh, so cleanliness extremely important. Uh, the uh, you mentioned uh, having detailed instructions for people. I think that's also a really good point because you know it's a different perspective being a guest than 
than being yourself, right? When I write instructions how to get to my house, I've already taken that route a thousand times. So it, it feels very simple in my mind, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of, uh, you know, like you can, you can, it's easy to forget like little things that you kind of assume are like pretty straightforward or obvious. And so I always tell people to put yourself in the position of a guest, right? And just arrive at the airport and, you know, well, where do you get your train ticket? Like, where's the machine? Yeah. Right. Like, where do you get off? And, you know, is it, is it left or right? Or, you know, what's the entrance of, of the house look like? All that sorts of like little details. Yeah, you really have to assume. You have to assume nothing because you you have to assume you should assume that these people have never been to your town before, Um, and they might not have traveled very much. You know, they might not know the 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 customs of of traveling in your in your city or your country. So, for example, yeah, do you take the cab from the airport or you do do you take the train? Montreal. Somebody from Europe might go. Oh, where's the train to downtown from the airport? Well. You, there isn't a train from the Montreal airport. Uh, you have to take a taxi, um, but people don't necessarily, you know, you have to presume that they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point too. Like there's differences, right? For example, you know, I live on the first floor. Now in mm-hmm. Europe, the first floor means, you know, one level up Second from the floor. street, <laughs> yeah. right? Whereas yep. for yep. you guys, it's, it's, it's street level. In Montreal, it's the European way. But oh. then in the rest of Canada, it's it's the oh. American. So and that's yeah <laughs> another thing that that is confusing. I'm on, uh, I, you know, I would I would always tell people it was on the second floor because they're usually coming from the United States or English Canada. Exactly. So. You know, and the the reason I <clears throat> I remember this is because uh, I once had guests, uh, and I guess they were from the U.S. and they had trouble walking up the stairs. So they told me, <laughs> "Hey, and we thought your apartment was on the." you know, on the first floor. And I was like, yeah, that's right. It's on the first floor. And they're like, well, we didn't expect a staircase. So I was like, well, we typically don't have elevators for, you know, it's just a one or two story building. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's supposed to be street level. I was like, oh, okay. So yep. that was a reminder to make it very, make that very clear. Yeah. So you've had uh, pretty much all positive uh, experiences. So did you, did you ever have any, any problems or, because sometimes things go wrong, you know, the internet might cut off, or the TV doesn't work, or maybe something breaks. Like my uh, dishwasher just broke down a few days ago, oh, so no. I had a few complaints about that for my guests. But did you have any any issues at all? Or Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of issues. I mean, um, the worst one was, uh, was when the lockbox that I was using froze up in a snowstorm and the, the customer couldn't get their keys. Now, thankfully... This customer brought de-icer with them uh, in their car and managed to de-ice the lockbox themselves and get themselves in. But I would have uh, probably been paying for their hotel uh, if it hadn't been uh, for that. That was so. Now, so after that point, I have two lockboxes, um, one of which is uh, hidden away in a second location uh, that contains a backup set of keys. Um, so that one, that one was a uh, that one was a tough one, and I have to say, in Canada, dealing with lockboxes um, is a pretty difficult. Uh, it's, it's a pretty difficult uh, thing in the wintertime. You have to really, basically, I, I haven't found a lockbox that can be properly exposed to Canadian weather outdoors and uh, and still function in a in a snowstorm. Um, but so you need to you need to shelter. You need to find uh, you know some place to hide it where it's not going to specifically get ice on it. 
Um, and uh, another time we had, you know, the power went out um, in the neighborhood. Uh, and that was kind of, uh, so what I did with that was I put the customer in touch with, the, showed them the website uh, that run by Hydro-Quebec, which outlines, you know, when they expect the power to be back on in, in the neighborhood and so forth and just sort of kept up communication with them. Um, you know, and again, I, I, if, if it was going to go late into the evening, I was, I was prepared to, to just eat a little bit of money and send these people to a hotel somewhere else if, if they had to. But thankfully the power um, was back on and they got a really good review because I, you know, did a good job of communicating with these people and I wasn't just like, hey, listen, I don't control, I'm not the, the power company, they'll get it back on when they get it on. But I, uh, I pointed them to the, to the power company website and where they have information on on these power outages and when and when they're expected to be resolved, so it, it all turned in. These all turned into opportunities to actually get a good, you know, five star review. And most of the time, I got bad. I had something difficult happen, fix the problem, get a really good review. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point as well because people realize that not not everything is within your control, right? Yeah, you can't help the fact that the the power uh, goes down. So it's it's not so much. The state doesn't have to be perfect, but I think what's more important is that you show your guests that you care. You know, you show that you're willing to put in effort to to make their stay as you know as perfect as possible. But um, and 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 then when you do that, I think guests can be very forgiving. Uh, I, I noticed this in the beginning too because I never really got much negative feedback. <laughs> Pardon me. No worries. Uh, um, so and I, I never really got much negative feedback, and but I wanted to get the feedback because I wanted to know how to improve. Yeah. And so at some point I, I, I realized that, uh, um, that you know guests probably had some minor, you know, issues that they that they experienced, but they just wouldn't tell me because they don't didn't want to be too nitpicky, you know, because I was, they could tell I was, I was really putting in a lot of effort to, to, uh, to help to make sure that they were, they were having a really good stay. But at some point I started asking for it specifically in an email after they left my apartment. I specifically asked, please, you can really help me if you, if you let me know if there was anything that wasn't perfect, please let me know because then I can improve it. Right. And then I actually started getting some feedback from, from guests. Cool. So um, and and now Airbnb actually has a feature where the guests can provide uh, personal private feedback that's not that doesn't show up in the reviews. So now the Airbnb have kind of solved uh, solved that problem. But when I first started out, that wasn't the case. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had people give me give me comments uh, on that uh, using that feature, and should definitely definitely listen to them. Um, most of the ones that I got were pretty uh, easy fixes that do make a big difference in customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, have you ever had any like weird guests or any funny stories or just what, what was the most memorable thing that you experienced? Ah, uh, I didn't, I didn't get anything. I can't say I have any like really weird guests. No, I had, uh, I had one person who was, who was given to me by Airbnb because their previous apartment had been inappropriate, they saw a mouse, and uh, and problem. she 
yeah, and and so she wanted to stay at my place, and I'm like, all right, sounds good. And then I'm thinking to myself, wait, uh, when was the last time I saw a mouse in my apartment? <laughs> Probably about six 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 months ago. So I think uh, I think it should be fine. Um, and uh, and yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, she she sent me some. I think there were a couple of texts that were just a little bit like uh, <laughs> a little bit like explaining really, you know, how to, how to turn on the lights or something like that to this person who's a little bit helpless. But, uh, no, that was about, uh, that was about it. Uh, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have any really weird guests or anything like that. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the mouse has been a ongoing, uh, problem for me. Like in Amsterdam, it's really hard to keep those, those mice out. And I put yeah. the garbage outside and I tell, uh, always, I tell the guests, uh, you know, not to put any food out. But sometimes, you know, people are on holiday and they're, they're having a good time. They leave some food out, and and then they show up pretty quickly. And yeah, they're usually not a very welcome guest. Yeah, in in Canada, <laughs> it, it happens in uh, in the fall. As soon as the weather goes below freezing, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, all the mice from the rest of the city start jumping into people's houses, <laughs> left, right, center, and everybody gets one mouse in November at some yeah. point before you get rid of it i don't blame you. I, mean, I do do the same thing i mean i've been uh, i haven't been to montreal in the winter but i've lived in chicago and it was pretty <laughs> pretty cold there in the winter so yeah i can only imagine what it must be like in montreal so um do you have any uh any other tips uh for uh for people who are either looking to start with airbnb or maybe people who are already doing airbnb and looking to improve their listing yeah, I mean, um, well, obviously you have the your with pricing, um, changing changing your pricing around, watching that little graph and adjusting your pricing accordingly. I have to say, um, Airbnb has a little pricing suggestion tool. Um, I found that, that was extraordinarily useless and, in fact, counterproductive. It would almost it was always giving me the wrong. I never felt like it was giving me the right price, um, and when I when I used it. I often wouldn't rent my apartment uh, for a couple of days. So, um, you know, I don't know if other people have had that experience. That's just one data point. But uh, dealing with pricing, again, pick your niche and try to tr try to add one or two things that, that, and that appeal to that niche. Um, write a really nice descriptive, you know, I wrote a really good long descriptive um, description of my, of my apartment. Uh, that again was aimed at a certain large, significant size demographic, um, telling people what they what they wanted to hear. Once I had those good reviews too, I uh, I mentioned on my you know I put in my big in my profile, I'm a five star super host. So if you want to know you're going to get a good apartment, rent my apartment because this is another thing that people people are all constantly worried about on Airbnb is they're like oh you know this apartment looks good but it might be it might not be uh reliable it might not be consistent i don't know that i'm going to get a a good apartment with this guy who has four stars but this guy who has five stars with you know 20 reviews well i know i, I know that this person's going to going to offer me a good experience and i'm willing to pay next to twenty dollars to know that just for that reduced risk uh, you know that's why people stay at the Holiday Inn because they know what they're gonna get at the Holiday Inn and you're gonna pay more 
to to have that consistent experience at a Holiday Inn than you will for uh, you know Bob's Inn, uh, which might be a perfectly nice place, but people just don't know what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. So so once you get those good reviews, like you know, rely uh, on them, like highlight them in your in your heading or in the first paragraph of your. Uh, of your description, um, and yeah, just finding something, finding out what's unique about your place, and trying to figure out who would like it. I think that's a that's a big key. Yeah, I think those are very good points, and uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh, that the Airbnb pricing app hasn't really helped you because I've been getting uh, some some uh, some other feedback from people that uh, they feel like uh, they're they're really not recommending the right prices. So I don't know exactly how it works, but uh, I've actually been using Beyond Pricing. I don't know if you heard of it, but uh, it's a company that specializes in, in calculating the optimal prices for Airbnb listings. And my revenue has significantly gone up actually after I started using it. Okay. Because, I mean, the way I see it is, you know, it's pretty difficult to determine what's the what the optimal price is, right? There's so many different yeah. factors, and you know, these guys at, at Beyond Pricing they they have so much data and they have several uh, data analysts and they have all these like complicated algorithms and stuff. And I just can't see how me personally can beat a whole team that specializes in calculating all those prices, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that guessing is is probably not a, a good way to do things. I mean, what I would do, what I would do, what I would be doing is I would watch, I, I would, I had a, a wish list of comparable apartments in my neighborhood, and I would go through that wish list to see what my competitors were charging on a particular weekend, mm-hmm. and um, and sort of adjusting my uh, my prices accordingly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously I think it's pretty clear that the the Airbnb tool is not not as robust or not obviously not taking certain things into consideration that you need to take into consideration. Uh, and it sounds like this beyond pricing thing sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, I, I'm running a record year this year. And I think it's largely because uh, beyond pricing is charging more than, than I was pricing, but I'm still getting booked. So okay. I guess I was under pricing. Uh, you know, for for those who want to try it out, um, you can actually get the first three months for free, and then after that they charge one uh, percent of of the total revenue, which in my case was totally worth it. Um, yeah. And so, um, for those who are interested, you can find uh, you can find uh, the link to the website on uh, on the blog at paidforyourpet.com forward slash blog, and then if you use that link, you get the first three months for free. All right. Well, we've been talking for almost thirty-five minutes. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I think it was uh, you got some really good advice for people out there, and uh, I think uh, it definitely proves, like your case, definitely proves that if even if you're in a competitive area, if you do the research, if you get the information, and you put in the effort to do the best you can, then you can get pretty amazing results with Airbnb. Absolutely, absolutely, and actually, you know, thinking about when I'm going to uh, start renting things out, to, you know, getting more properties or something like that, and finding places to to rent out on Airbnb. That's what I'm. Every time I'm I'm going in through a new neighborhood and looking at apartments, I'm always like, oh, I wonder how much I could make for this place on Airbnb. So. 
We'll see. That's funny. Well, join the club. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. So thank you so much. And uh, for all the listeners out there, thanks for listening. And of course, next week there will be a new episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. So we'll see you then. Goodbye. Yeah.